has been educating and inspiring individuals, entrepreneurs, and leaders for decades. He's helped millions of people to move past the mental barriers that were holding them back from stepping to their power to become a better version of themselves and live a kick-ass life. I know this firsthand as I'm Jenny, Dan's wife. And here's your host, Dan Locke. Joining Dan today is a world-renowned speaker, best-selling author, and founder of Spalding Companies, Tommy Spalding. Dan and Tommy dive deep into what it means to be a heart-led leader and discuss some of Tommy's most impactful lessons from coaching some of the world's top CEOs and executives. Now, here's Dan and Tommy. Welcome to another episode of the Dan Lock Show. Today, I am super excited. I am bringing you a, an expert, a true expert in a subject that every company needs to know if they want to thrive, right? Tommy uh, is a guest, a New York Times bestselling author, a leadership expert, and some of his clients include billion-dollar brands like Marriott, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, and many more. Tommy, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. Well, honored to be here, Dan. Tommy, talk to us a little bit about your beginning, because I know one of your dreams was to go to law school, right? And, but yet you got rejected many, many, many times. What, what, what are some of the things you've learned from, from that experience? Yeah. You know, now that I write books about leadership and entrepreneurship and managers and you hear their story, I think all great leaders have once had a hard ship to mm. get to the top of the flagpole. Mm. And my story is I grew up, I, I wanted to be a lawyer. And I struggled with dyslexia in school and really struggled uh, academically in high school. I watched my friends graduate high school, like Maggie Cum Laude and Summa Cum Laude. And I graduated high school, thank God Almighty Cum Laude. I <laughs> barely graduated school. And I wanted to go to law school. And I applied to 37 law schools. And every one of them rejected me because my grades were too low in high school and college. And my, my SAT and my LSAT were too low. So um, I didn't go to law school because I got rejected to every single one of them. Hmm. And, then, and then from there, what, what led you to do what you do today? How did you transition there from now being teaching leadership? Sure. I spent most of my career with this organization called Up With People, which is an international global leadership organization. So I spent my whole life working with uh, you know, leaders around the world on servant leadership to college-age students. And hmm. about uh, 12 years ago, I started writing books for the business world, and uh, I've never looked back. Mm. And I have to ask you this question. Do you think a leader is born or leaders made? <laughs> um, I think leaders are made. I mean, I, I think you're born with great qualities, mm. but um, I think anyone that really truly wants to be a, a heart-led leader or a servant leader or a fantastic leader, um, you can make that choice. Mm. Um, but really, uh, after you know, 25 years of studying the subject of leadership, it really boils down to this one question, Dan. Mm. There's, there's two types of leaders mm. in the whole world, two types of entrepreneurs, two types of managers, two types of husbands and wives, two types of parents, two types of neighbors. There's mm. two types of people in the whole world. Yes. There's um, servant leaders mm -hmm. and there's self-serving leaders. Mm. There's leaders that wake up every morning and they have the innate ability to serve others before they serve themselves. Mm. They are a servant leader. They serve others before themselves, their mm. wife, their husband, their children, their neighbors, their employees, their customers, mm. right? their staff, their, their, their investors. They innately serve others before themselves. Mm. And then the other type of person is a self-serving leader mm. where you're not a bad person. You just, you just have to serve yourself first. Mm. You, want, you, you have to have your own needs met first. And once you're served, then you serve other people. And, mm. and here's, the, here's the rub. You get to choose which one you want to be. You, nice. Right now, you get to choose. Do I want to be a servant leader or a self-serving leader? Yes. Here's what got me into leadership, um, you know, being a thought leader years ago. I'm so passionate about this. Mm. You get to choose if you want to be a servant leader or a self-serving leader. But you don't get to choose which one you become. When I first heard that, that changed my heart, Dan, because you know who chooses which, which one we become? Our customers, our employees, our spouses, our children. They choose 
Interesting. If I ask your wife, your children, your employees, your mm. your your followers, your mm. all your people that love Dan Locke, mm. is Dan a servant leader or a self-serving leader? They mm. would tell me. Mm. You can choose whatever one you want to be, but yes. <laughs> they'll have a whole different answer. Yes. When I first heard that, and the reality is about 80% of leaders that think they're one or, no, or the other, they're people <laughs> usually think the opposite. Yes, and yes. People always ask them, well, how many people are servant leaders versus how many people are self-serving leaders? I would say about 80% of the workforce in the world are self-serving leaders. Yeah. Like only about 20% are really servant leaders. And maybe that number is even exact, not even exaggerated. Maybe it's 90% servant leaders mm. or self-serving leaders. 90, 10. It's really, really, really hard to be a servant leader. Really hard. I agree. I agree. And I would say in my, in my career, in the first 10 years, and there's no doubt in my mind, I was a, a self-serving leader, right? Yeah. I was thinking of building the business for my own, my own freedom, right? Yeah. My, my own uh, uh, independence, right? That was why I was building it. Yeah. And then when I transitioned, I think it has a lot to do with what you focus on, kind of the primary questions that I wake right. up in the morning, right? Am I, am I going into business saying, hey, what can I get today? Versus how could I serve? Who needs my help, right? It's a very, very different thing. And why do you think it's so difficult to be a a good servant leader? Well, innately, when we're born, we we, we want. We want food. We want milk. We want want, attention, right? We want love from the parents, right? Innately, human beings want. want. We're takers. Yes. And to, to really stop and understand the four most powerful words in leadership are it's not about you it's not about you it's not about you Mm. it's about others yes you can live a life and lead a life where you put generally authentically put others before yourself yes absolutely successful business here's what's crazy some people want to be financially successful yes they want to grow their business and make more money yeah more revenue Mm -hmm. if i but if i'm a servant leader then i don't make enough money if I'm a servant leader, I might not have the revenue. If you build a company with servant leadership, mm-hmm. you'll have 10 times more revenue and money. It is true. <laughs> but you need to Absolutely faith. true. And you have to do an authentic, genuine way. Absolutely true. And I think, like, Tommy, in a way, I'm just thinking back as as you're teaching, I'm thinking back in my career, because in the beginning, I was trying to provide for my family, right? I was focusing on survival, focusing on even success, right? Right. And then after a while, once I think one of a lot of those needs are taken care of, then my mind just shifted. I already got the things I wanted. So I don't like, I don't need to wake up in the morning. Oh, am I, am I going to be able to pay the bills? Am I going to be able to, to, to get whatever. I don't need to think about that. Then I think I just mature to a point where that those things don't interest me anymore. Let's put it this right. way. Then right. I want to focus on using my talents, skills, and experience to serve others. Is that how some leaders transition? I'm just curious. Like I want some coaching. You know, I think when you think of, okay, you, you work hard, you make yes. a lot of money, you yes. retire, then you yes. help serve others. Yes. That's just completely backwards. Why don't we get college degrees, we help and serve others and make money along the way? We don't have to wait to retire. Mm. You know, there's a, direct, there's a direct correlation of success and arrogance. Mm. And yes. people always think, they always ask me, because uh, uh, I write books on heart-led leadership and servant leadership, what's the most important quality that leaders need to have? Of mm. course, they need to be authentic and genuine. That's a, that's a given. Yes. My opinion of coaching high-level executives for the last 20 years, I think humility is the most important thing. People want to follow people with genuine, humble, servant hearts. Mm. And the tragedy is in America, mostly in America, uh, in other parts of the world too. But the more financial success you have, Mm. the more arrogant you become. Yes. And the heart-led leaders that I've met, the heart-led leaders that I've written about in my books, most incredible successful leaders is opposite. The more success they've had, the more power they've had, the more yep. positional authority they have, the more money they make, mm. the more humble and genuine they become. Mm. That's very, very true. always ask me about money. You know, money changes people. Mm. I disagree. Mm. I don't think money changes people. Mm. Money only amplifies the person you were before you had money. 
So if you were a jerk before you were money, now you're a rich jerk. Yes. If you were a humble, genuine person before you had money, now you're just a humble and genuine rich guy. If you were an ass before you had money, you're just a rich ass. Yes. Richness, money only amplifies who you were before you had Mm. money. Mm. So we have to work on ourselves early on, before we're successful, before we have money and wealth and power and positional authority, work on our hearts to be genuine, authentic, and humble. And having, having those core values, you, you say exactly the same thing. I wrote exactly about the same thing in my book. I, I totally agree. Money is simply an amplifier. We views who, who we truly are. And, and Tommy, in terms of, let's say, let's say someone listening to this podcast or watching my video, they are beginning entrepreneurs, right? Maybe they've hired a couple of people. How could they go about developing their leadership skills? Because I get this question a lot. I, and I don't, I don't believe, like you can read a lot of books about it, but what would you recommend for them? What do they need to do to, to hone their leadership skills? Yeah. Well, the first thing they should probably do is think about all the leaders in their life. Like if, if they're an entrepreneur and they're about to be managers and they're about to be leaders in their organization, they should think about maybe like a relationship audit. Who are all the most amazing leaders they've had? When I was 15 years old, I worked at McDonald's. When I was 16 years old, I worked at Domino's Pizza. Mm. You know, I worked at, you know, at, at Daryl's Restaurant when I was in college. I waited tables here. All the managers and bosses I ever had, what did I like about them? What didn't I like about them? Were they narcissists, self-serving? Were they genuine? Were they humble? And just by evaluating all the people in your life that have touched you, influenced you, impacted you, mm. and you're a better person because of the way they led and the way they managed you, yes. you start taking note. I love the way my, my boss at McDonald's treated me. I love the way my boss at Domino's was always sweeping the floors. Mm. He asked us to sleep. Like, think about the people that touched our lives and then just basically replicate what you saw. Mm. You want to replicate the people in your lives that have touched our lives in a positive way. We just want to lead the way they led. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think back my, just even my own experience, the people I follow, and I can even think of the, some of the bosses that, I, that are not good, that I yeah, can also, yeah. as a reverse role model, right? Who yeah, is much yeah. more like, hey, it's my will, I, we listen to what I say, and like those type yeah. of, like always putting people down, right? Yeah. And then I have, remember leaders who I learn from and follow, yeah. where they are yeah. always listening to me, right? They and, are. and sometimes these leaders are the same people. For example, Oh. I spent 20 years with this organization called Up With People. I told you it's a global youth leadership academy, mm. an unbelievable youth leadership organization. Young people from all over the world, every color, skin, every religion, learning about servant leadership. It, mm. it changed my life. Mm. The founder of this organization is named Jay Blanton Bell. Mm. Was, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, mm. a brilliant man just genius about how he founded his youth movement that changed tens of thousands of people. And he's a visionary. He's charismatic, an incredible speaker, an incredible fundraiser. I mean, I got to work under him as CEO and president and learn from this master. But he was also a complete narcissist. And it was all about him. And he really wasn't a servant leader. He was more of a self-serving leader. Mm. And it was things about working for him that I hated, the things about, I, I, about him I didn't appreciate. But he was a great husband. He was a great father. He, had, he was a great person. He just was not a leader that I wanted to replicate. So sometimes when we work in organizations, Interesting. we can find good and bad qualities mm. in our parents. I mean, I love my mother. But God forbid, I would hate to be the same parent that my mother was to me to my kids. Mm. I want to change the cycles of some things, how she treated us and so forth. And so so what, what you're saying is, even in our own life, our career, we, we, have, we have observed different people, different leaders, their principles, their lessons, that if we pay attention, they are there. They are there, exactly. Replicate. It's not so much, okay, read these like 20 books. or yeah. Of course, we, would, we could get trained on it. But a lot of that, would you say it's, like, it's a more of awareness and kind of yeah. finding what works for, for us individually, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the whole leadership journey that we all need to take is the journey of 18 inches. And that's actually the distance from our heads to our hearts. Mm-hmm. 18 inches from the head to the heart. And yeah. for, for, for 300 years, Dan, we led from there, our heads. Yes. We're smart. We're analytical. We're logic. Speakers. We were logic. Yes, we were, we were um, 
financially minded, we're visionaries. And often the smartest person in the room was often the leader. Mm. We were told for 200 years, bring our minds to work and leave our hearts where? Our hearts are for home, for our wives, our husbands, our children, our families. And that's just crazy. We need to connect the head and the heart, bring our hearts to work. Mm. And the qualities of our heart, which are authenticity, vulnerability, humility, Mm. generosity, Mm. these loving heart-led qualities are so, so important. And quite frankly, they've been overlooked in the business world for 200 years. Mm. But the most successful leaders in the world today lead from a place of love. They lead from a place of authenticity and humility from their heart. Mm. I, I just, this, this is so profound what, you, what you're sharing. And it, it almost sounds simple, but this is actually something very profound. Because in my career, where I could see myself mature through this, this period of time, where mm-hmm. in the beginning, it was very much about strategies, right? Strategies are good, right? Strategies are good. What to do? How do I do that? How do I grow the business? And, and all, all these things are good. But in the beginning of my career, I could never find good people. I could never find good people or I would have people, but they would never stay with me because mm-hmm. I was a self-serving leader. Right. Right. It's like people don't want to work with someone like that long term. Whereas yeah. now I have my pretty big team and I have so many leaders that I develop and, and people that I work with because yeah. it, it's, it's almost like a shift because uh, is, is that right? I think it's almost a shift in the mindset of, once I make that shift, and a lot of these things just like good people just kind of show up. They 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 sure. want to follow your mission because they yeah. they, they they your values are, are align with them. They resonate with who you are. Mm-hmm. Is that how it works? Oh, it ha- it, absolutely. It's it's simple as this. People don't care how much you know until they know mm. how much you care. It's very true. People don't care how much you know yes. until they know how much you care. When they know you have a genuine, loving servant's heart, they'll do anything for you. They'll work 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 hours a week for you. Mm. They lie down a train track protecting the view and the vision and the mission of the organization because they know your heart is real. Mm. For 300 years, we fought our bosses because of command and control out of fear. Yes. You know? Back to Blanton Belt that ran up with people. That's fear. right. Like, I mean, yeah, it's all fear. fear. If you didn't hit yeah. the goals, yeah. you can't lead that way anymore. Mm. My mother led me with fear. I, I, I was raised of being afraid of my mother. I don't want my children to be afraid of me. Mm, but yeah. I love them unconditionally and come to me, not fear me. Mm. And uh, the same thing about being a leader. You want your followers to love you and want to be around you. My wife and I are married. We have three children together. Mm. And uh, 19, 13, and 11. And we say, my wife and I, Jill, when our kids get older, we don't want them to feel like they're coming to our house on holidays as an obligation. Uh, we, want yes. them, we want them to feel they want to come hang they out. Can't, with us. They can't wait to hang out. Yeah. They, they want to go on vacation because they love us. Yes. Well, that's a culture we have to build. Yes. It's the same difference of a culture we build in, in our companies. Mm. We don't want people coming to work because we're paying them because mm. they have to. Mm. We're, Forcing them. But telling them to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Telling them. We want, we want to build a culture and organization where people love us and want to come to work and want to serve our mission because we treat them so well. Mm. And it almost feels like the self-serving leadership is like a push. Like you're trying to push your agenda, you push the, yeah. the effort, right? Versus yeah. the, the, the servant leadership is much more like yeah. a pull, right? It's yeah. the core values and, and we pull yeah. people in. That they yeah. want to do it because they want to do it, not because we're pushing yeah. Yeah. Dan, I want to mention your show because I know you have millions of listeners mm. and, and, and that our viewers are fans of, of, your, of your podcast. Mm. Um, sometimes people, when they hear of love, when they hear of servant leadership, mm. when they hear of heart-led leadership, mm. they have this militant thought that that's just soft. That's, oh. just, touch, that's just touchy feel. Not true. Not true. That's not true. true. That's not true, that not true at all. Leadership. Yeah. In my book, The Heart-Led Leader, I wrote a chapter about a woman named Cheryl Botchleiter. She was the CEO and president of Popeyes, a woman. And when you meet her, she is kind. She is genuine. She's humble. She's sweet. And you think, okay, she's a heart-led leader, gentle, soft person. Mm. Cheryl will eat you for lunch. 
Yes. She's tough as nails. Yes. She demands results. Yes. But she's able to demand, demand these results because she has such a genuine servant heart where people would do anything for her. So heart-led leadership isn't soft. Servant leadership isn't touchy-feely. Mm-hmm. You never have to say the word love. You have to show the word love. Mm-hmm. Show it every day in your actions. Mm-hmm. Your employees, your customers, they know if you're a servant leader or not. Mm-hmm. They know if you're fake or not. They know if you're authentic or not. They sure. know if you're humble or not. And, sure. and people aren't going to give you your business unless yeah. they know you're a genuine, humble servant person. Yes. And it's interesting because if we, like, if we talk to a CEO, you just talk to his employees, you would, you would know everything about the leadership yeah. style, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. where, where, yeah. Like, you, look, you look at a team, it's very simple. Right? It tells you everything you need to know. If they're like, you know, fearful, they're like <laughs> afraid, they're afraid to take action, they're afraid to make mistakes. Yeah. Ooh, I got to talk to my boss. Then yeah. you know, not so good, right? Yeah. You're smiling and I'm smiling because I think we're both thinking the same thing. Yeah. What I do for a living is, besides write books, is I actually speak to companies. That's my yeah. job. I'm, yes. I'm a professional thought leader. And so I do you know, one or 200 talks to companies all over the world about leadership. Yes. And when I come into an organization, whether it's 100 people or 20,000 people, mm. As soon as I walk into a room and I can see this, the, the, the CEO, the leader, or the manager, or the vice mm. president of sales, whoever, speak, mm. I can tell like that if the people love them or not. Mm. I can tell like that if, they're, if the people respect them or not. Mm. It's, just, it's just the culture that's built. Yes. You know, I, I read a book years ago. Uh, it was a marriage book called Love and Respect. Uh. And it was, a, it was a life-changing book for my marriage. But I want to bring this up in your, in your show because I think the concept of love and respect is actually important in business. Mm. For example, mm. the book on love and respect about marriage basically says the reason why marriages, um, I've been married 15 years this year, the reason why they, they're, they're so challenged and divorce is so high is that men want to feel respected from their wives. That's yes. the one thing men want. Yes. We want to be respected from our wives. Yes. Well, the one thing that our wives want from our husbands is they want to feel love. Yes. But, but women, wives, will never respect their husband. Yes. Or, or love, or, 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 unless they feel loved. Mm. And men won't truly love their wives unless they feel respected. Mm, so so it's this big old circle. Chicken, egg, chicken and egg. Yeah. Chicken and egg, exactly. Yeah. Well, that same concept and is in the workforce mm. as a leader do your people love you or they respect you mm. they might respect you because you're a hard worker that you're smart you're strategical mm. you're financially mm. successful mm. you know i know a lot of leaders that i coach that are totally respected in their industry by their people mm. but they're not loved mm. and i know people that are absolutely loved in organizations but they're not respected it's true. It's very true. Love and respected. You have to be smart. But to connect the head to heart, this is where people love you. When you can get in front of your people and be real and authentic and genuine. When you can get up in front of your people and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Mm. When you get up in people and say, I don't know the answer. I need your help. Mm. When you can come across transparent and mm. vulnerable and humble and authentic. Your people will start to love you. And when they love you, I write in my books, then you have productivity that's just like, like this. Yep. People will harbor for you. They're loyal. They will never leave you. Mm. You have a different kind of culture mm. because they move beyond just respecting you. Mm. Uh, they loved you. It's so, almost like if they respect you for what you do or your work ethics and, and how yes. you do it, but they love you for who you are. That's exactly right. It feels That's right. exactly right. Mm. And so you asked a question that was a great question is, what are these entrepreneurs that listen to your show? Mm. What do these young leaders need to do mm. uh, to become great leaders? Mm. Work on who you are. I love the fact, Dan, that you said early in your show that you were more of a self-serving leader prior in your career. For the first 10 I, years, 100%. Yeah, I want to I thank you for saying that. That takes guts because most of us would never admit that. Mm. And I think that's the first step we have to do is it really do an audit of ourselves. For example, um, I've always been a pretty genuine, humble person. That's mm. always been a strong suit of, of mine. Mm. But I'm terrible at forgiveness. 
when someone wrongs me, mm. when someone hurts me, holds grudges, someone betrays me, mm. whether it's my mother, whether it's Blanton Belk of a people, whoever in my life has totally screwed me over or hurt me, mm. I have a really, really hard time of forgiving. Mm. I mean, it's a tough thing for me. I've really tried to work on that. Like you work on that every day, just like you work on your biceps, like you work out every day. You've got to work on your forgiveness muscle. And so I believe there's 18 qualities from the head to the heart, 18 inches, um, humility, vulnerability, authenticity. I wrote them in my book, The Heart Led Leader. Um, forgiveness, love, um, generosity, the, the, these 18 qualities. We need to look at these 18 qualities and do what I call a heart led leader audit. How am I with humility? One through 10. How am I with transparency? One through 10. How am I with, with, with vulnerability? One through 10. Yeah. How am I with, you go through all these qualities. And then when you can recognize, hey, I'm, I fall short on these qualities, find a mentor, find someone in your life that's excellent at humility. Or yes. excellent at forgiveness or excellent at vulnerability and ask them to, to coach you. Mm. All those qualities are coachable. Mm. We have to be very intentional in our lives to invite people in our lives that are excellent at the most amazing qualities that we admire. Let's invite them in our lives to teach us. Before we get to the second half of today's show, I want to share with you my new book. It's called Unlock It, The Master Key to Wealth success, and significance. If you're listening to my show, if you want to take your income and your business to the next level, unlock it. It is a book for anyone who wants to understand how to build wealth fast and multiply it. It is a sum of all my most profitable business and success strategies. I can tell you that out of the 13 books that I've written in my entire career, this is my finest work yet. Get your copy today. Go to www.unlockitbook.com, unlockitbook.com. Also, you'll get some exclusive bonuses when you get your copy today. Again, go to www.unlockitbook.com. How to be like that. And what about in terms of, let's say, when you work with different companies, right? Yeah. I know you work with a lot of different companies. Uh, how do you coach their executive team in terms of teaching them also servant leadership? So we know the CEO component, yeah. right? How yeah. do you coach the, the leadership team? Yeah, well, the first thing I do is I take the whole senior executive team and I've worked with, you know, I don't know, a hundred of the Fortune yes. 500 companies and the senior teams. And you take their senior teams on the offsite and you get to know each other. And I'll never name names of companies, but I mm. want to share a couple of stories, please, uh, minus the names that I, it's just, I mean, some of the biggest companies in the world. Yes. Just, I mean, I do this every month. Yes. The CEO, the CFO, the CMO, the chief operating officer, the CFO, the entire C-suite team, which is anywhere from six to 18 people in big companies. And I take them on an offsite and I go around the table and I say, tell me your story. You know, what, what, what makes you tick? Like how I shared that I got rejected at 37 law schools. Mm. You know, I, I was dyslexic. Like it helped define who I am. Mm. Tell me a story. And people go around the table sharing about themselves. Mm. Share, if you really knew me, if you really knew me, here's what you would know. And, and, and the stories that are shared around the table. What, one woman that was CFO of the, one of the top three largest banks in the world. Mm. She says... If you really knew me, you would know that I was an all-state swimmer in high school. I was the number one breaststroke swimmer in the state. And I was going to go to college on a D1 college scholarship. I wanted to go to the Olympics. Swimming was my life. For a part-time job, because I grew up very humble, I was a lifeguard. And one day, uh, on a Saturday, it was a crowded pool. And it was during the day. And I was on the lifeguard stand. I'm an all-state swimmer. I could swim faster than anyone in the state. And one of my girlfriends came up to the pool uh, lifeguard stand and we started talking about, you know, what part are we gonna go to on tonight? And I kept my eyes off that, that pool for, for just 30 seconds. And uh, I, a young 11 year old boy drowned uh, 15 feet in front of me. And by the time I noticed he was drowning, 
And by the time I jumped in the pool, um, he was dead. Uh, I never swam again. I got into finance because I didn't want to talk to anybody. I got into accounting because I just hated the world. And now I'm CFO of one of the largest banks in the world. And I live with that story every day. I want to just jump in that pool and get in that, that give CPR to that 11 year old so I could have saved his life. And the town ridiculed me. All, all state swimmer couldn't swim 15 feet to save this kid because she was gossiping about the, what party she was going to. Yeah. I got thrown out of town. The, the pain in this woman's heart of her story. Yeah. There wasn't a dry eye around the room. So I asked the CEO, did you know this story? No. No. How long have you been working with her? 20 years. Does anyone ever know that story? Not one person around that table. They run one of the world's largest banks. Wow. No one knew that story. Mm. That's the power of our senior teams have to learn our stories, have to know what makes us tick. Mm. We build love with each other and our stories and our friendships. Um, you have an unbelievable trust. If you don't build trust on a team, you'll never be able to have conflict. You'll never be able to, to have healthy conflict. You'll never be able to really move a company forward. So the first thing great teams need to do is to truly get to know um, who they are. Mm. And I could also see why this will work so well because you think of a lot of the big company, office politics, backstabbing, a lot yeah. of the, these like gossips, it's all because of they don't know each other. They see yeah. each other as an enemy. Yeah. Like, oh, if you, you're advancing means that I'm not advancing. Yeah. It's always yeah. this constant maybe power struggle, right? Yeah. Versus if, like you said, you're leading from the heart. Like, it's like, I know your story. You know my story. We, are, we come together with a share vision and mission. Yeah. And you have a lot less of that because it's, there's no need to hurt each other. There's no need to talk behind your back. It's not necessary because we're, we're always so vulnerable. It's nothing to be talked yeah. about, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That is so yeah. powerful. Yeah. That is very powerful. What about in terms of uh, with the company? I know the, in the book, you talk about 18 companies, correct? Right? Yes. 18 leaders. Uh, who are some of the leaders that you have personally worked with that you, you admire and respect? Uh, what are some of the qualities that do they have? Yeah. I think one of my favorite leaders that I've ever worked with in my time and known is a guy named Frank DeAngelis. Okay. And I wrote about him in The Heart Led Leader. Uh, you don't know the name Frank DeAngelis, but you all – Every one of your listeners knows Columbine High School in mm. America, Littleton, Colorado. Mm. Unfortunately, we all know Columbine because of April 20th, 1999. Yep. When that was really America's, our, my country, America's first school shooting. Yep. And unfortunately, now we've had a school shooting in Colorado last month at STEM, and we've had school shootings in Virginia Tech and Sandy Hook and Las Vegas. We've had mm. shootings in hotels. Mm. But Columbine High School was really America's first school shooting where 12 kids were, were killed. Yeah. Um, and, and Frank was the, was the principal of that school. I mean, Dan, you imagine being a principal of a high school where 12 of your students were killed and your best friend, another teacher, the 13th person was killed because two of your students killed him and it was terrible. Yeah. And he had so much pain in his heart. Yeah. And he brought the whole school together after the, after the tragedy back in 1999. And he basically said, this world is going to remember Columbine as the place where the America's first school shooting. But I want to change the culture of the school where 20, 30, 40, 50 years, people talk about Columbine High School as the greatest school with love uh, than, that ever existed. And I want to build that with you. Whites, blacks, Jews, Christians, gays, straights, rich, poor, every religion, every color skin. Can we build a, a public high school where there's more love than ever before? Mm. And he got a stand ovation. And for 20 years, he dedicated his life to changing that culture of that school. And he was, you know, principal of the year and executive of the year. He won all kinds of awards. He won more state championships in football, most more state championships in basketball and baseball, merit scholars. So defining results, they had an unbelievable successful school. Mm -hmm. But if you walk the, the halls of Columbine High School, You'll see whites and blacks and Jews and Christians and Muslims and rich and poor all get along together. Like I've never seen any public school before. Mm. So I really admire him uh, for his leadership and his humility and his dedication 
And Frank has become a great friend of mine and a great mentor of mine. And you know, Dan, for the last, I think, seven, eight years, Frank DeAngelis, every morning when I get wake up and I have my iPhone, every morning, for the last, I think, almost eight years now, he sends me a text message to tell me he loves me. Every morning. And it's not one of those copy-paste he sends 100 people. Yeah. To me, Tommy, I love you. I believe in you. A little, maybe a quote, maybe a Bible verse, maybe something just to inspire me that says I love wow. Wow. Every morning. The, the dedication he has for people uh, is remarkable. And he's just the most humble, genuine person. And when he ever knew that I was talking about him on the show, he would mm-hmm. just he would just say, oh, this, I'm just doing my job to love people. And, and I think also servant leadership is about, like you said, the love for people. And it's not just the love for, for results. It's yeah. the, the people are the ones yeah. the results, yeah. right? Yeah. If I may say something, and I love you, you, you say this word three times in the show, profound. Yeah. Because I, I like to say profound things that make us think. Mm. But after 25 years of studying and teaching uh, leadership mm. and writing two number one best-selling books on, on leadership, mm. here's what I think about, um, about, about love. We can't, as leaders, be a servant leader. We can't truly love and serve other people until we truly love ourselves. Yes. And that is the biggest problem with our world is that little kid in kindergarten that's bullying the person because he's got bad parents and or something's going out of home. So he's a bully at school. Yeah. That little boy and girl in the playground that's bullying or in the sandbox in kindergarten that's, that's bullying or teasing or making fun of mm-hmm. that kid is now the chairman of a company. That kid is now director of sales of a company. That kid is now principal of a high school. Those kids that are insecure as a young kid grow up and they become narcissistic, self-serving leaders because of a wound, because they don't love each other. And every servant leader that I've met and I've written about in my book that I've studied and befriended, yeah. they, they truly have confidence who they are. They, they know who they are and they're, they're secure in who they are so they can truly focus on other people. We don't truly love who you are. You don't really want to focus on other people you want to focus on yourself because you, you lack yourself because yeah, exactly. it's not enough, right? Yeah. It's not, I, I'm not getting enough attention. Right. I'm not getting right. enough uh, affection, right. love. Right. And that's why right. I feel this same thing. Like people bully right. other people because they yes. feel insecure, right? Right. And yeah. so if you work for a company and someone else gets a promotion above you, mm. you know, most people are insecure about that. Yes. But, but a hard leader would go up to that person and say, what can I learn from you? You just jumped ahead of me. You have something I don't. I want to learn from you. Teach me. Um, all the coaches in the world are out there teaching executives, teaching managers, teaching leaders that they have to learn to love themselves, to truly believe in who they are. Mm-hmm. Once you truly love yourself, then you can truly love others. It's so interesting because I'm thinking in my company, there are a couple of people that I unfortunately had to let go mm-hmm. and all boys on the same problem because of insecurities, mm-hmm. right? And they are yeah. self-serving. So yeah. they would do things or make decisions based yeah. on protecting themselves first, not the, yeah. the best interest for the yeah. entire company, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where they might, you know, uh, talk behind the bag or trying to do different things, right? Yeah. But it's, it's all boils down to this because yeah. they're just selfish and there's this wound, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. This is awesome. So, when you're, so it really should change the way we hire people. We look at, you know, at a resume, who's got the best resume on your piece of paper. And, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and it's interesting because I've ne- never, ever yeah. hired based on a resume. Yeah. A resume is just a piece of paper. Yeah. And it's, it's basically everything you've done in your past. Mm. It has no influence of what you're going to do in your, in, in, this, in your future. And I think we need to hire people mm. and bring people on our teams that are self-secure Mm. You know, it's one of the reasons why I think I'm successful in my marriage mm. is that my wife, she loves herself. Mm. She, knows who she, she knows who she is. Mm. She, she, she knows who she is in Christ. She knows who she is as a wife, as a mm. mother. And, and, and there's no drama in my house because she's secure in who mm. she is. Versus, yeah. is couples versus where they argue, right? Because they want attention. They, and and they, someone's got to be right. and so like, But when you're both come to marriage with a humble heart, 
Yes. You're successful. No wonder why half our marriages fail. No wonder why half the people in corporate America aren't happy in their jobs is we're not happy with ourselves. Yes. Why be a great leader? We'll work on being a great person first. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And that's not easy. And that's a never ending, it's never ending process. It's never say, oh, I'm good enough. Well, the minute you say you're good enough, then, you know, you still have a long way to go, right? Yeah. What about Tommy? In terms of hiring, like what would you recommend when you like interview someone, right? How do you know they are, they would be a good culture fit? Like what are are some of the questions you could ask to to just get an idea if they leave from their heart? Yeah. I would would ask them who in their life they admire and why. Because often when you ask someone who they admire and why, the qualities they admire um, in a person mm. are usually the qualities that they want to possess or they, 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 they possess. For example, for me, mm. I truly value humi- humility. Mm. I don't do well with arrogance. When someone's mm. cocky or arrogant, mm. I just try to find a way to avoid them. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I want to be around people in my life, in my social network of my friends yeah. that are humble and genuine. Yeah, because when you have when you have those two things, humble and genuine, there's a safe place to truly be yourself. Yes. And so, um, if someone asked me, well, during an interview, Tommy, what quality you admire most? I, I admire people that are humble and, and genuine. Well, that tells a lot about who I am. Mm. Um, another interview qu- question is, tell me something in your life, like the, the deepest thing that the obstacle that you had to overcome to help define you. Is there something that happened? This is when they'll say, when I was 13, I started cutting myself. My parents got divorced, or I used to be 300 pounds heavier and I was obese and I got a surgery and I lost weight. And I got, I mean, everyone has their story that helps define who you are. And when you hear their story, I, I, you'll, you'll be able to see if they have a, a, a culture fit. Um, mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And, and just how they have overcome those challenges, it tells yeah. us. The kind of the world yeah. views right now, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. You know, uh, people have asked me, you know, what's another great way of learning about leadership? A, a great way I learned about leadership is I started a high school leadership program. This is our 20th year. Yes. You know, the National Leadership Academy in, in yes. America. I started that 20 years ago. Wow. Hundreds of high school kids from all over the country every June. So it starts in two weeks. And for five days, we teach these high school kids about servant leadership. This is our 20th year doing it. And I have a program called the Global Youth Leadership Academy where we take kids from all over the world and we go to Europe or Ethiopia or Cuba for a week. So GYLA is a week-long program. So I've worked with over 12,000 high school kids in one of my programs, um, my nonprofit programs, um, in the last 20 years. And now I'm working mostly with corporate, corporate corporations. But what I learned from high school kids is this. High school kids, they can smell bullshit better than anybody. Yeah, like, like that, like that. Like this. Yeah. If you're not authentic, yeah. you got in front of a, a, a 200 high school kids, if they smell bullshit yes. and you're fake, yes. they'll, they'll just walk out. Yes. I mean, they, there's no tolerance for that. Yes. And so after 20 years of working with high school kids, they humble you. They, they demand humility. <laughs> they demand authenticity. Yes. I kind of wish that our people in corporate America demanded as well, because I think we'd probably throw out 80% of our leaders. If, <laughs> it's if that true. Was the case. It's true. It's very, very true. Yeah. And, and, and it, for, especially for someone, uh, someone in, in, a, in a power position, right? Yeah. They're, at a, they're the ex- executive, they're CEO and this and that. And, and yeah. there's a point where not many people tell them what to do or you, you tell them what to change because nobody can tell them what to do, right? Yeah. But, but for them to look within and say, hey, am I, am I, am I, stu- am I self-serving mm-hmm. or am I a servant leader? It, that takes a lot of self-awareness. I, I'm yeah. grateful because actually I learned a lot of this from martial art, right? Because yeah. martial art humbles you. doesn't matter how tough you think you yeah. are or this and that. Yeah. There's always someone faster, stronger, and better. <laughs> right? yeah. like it doesn't matter I'm this tough guy and suddenly you, yeah. you know you, you, you spar with another guy it's like oh my goodness I get my ass kicked right and yeah. it, it's very real yeah. right it's very very real and I think that that definitely I learned a lot from that just being as I, I think in martial art uh, this yeah. is awesome what about uh, I do also want to ask you about one question is I saw your videos and I know you're a phenomenal speaker uh, I'm just curious it's kind of a personal question I'm curious how do you prepare 
before you go on stage, like a speaker to speaker, what are, what are some of the tips you have? Because I think part of a, being a good leader is you also need to be a good speaker because that's how you inspire and, and motivate others, right? Yeah, yeah. So what are some tips that you have for someone who's a leader who want to speak or for speakers as well? Yeah. Um, I think the most important thing for a speaker to be, first of all, there's two types of speakers. Uh, and I've, been, yes. I've been speaking for uh, professionally yes. now for 11 years. Yes. And there's all kinds of lists and things. Of, I've always made the, you know, the top 100 best speakers in the world. I mean, I'm yes. probably one of the best speakers in the world. Yes. It's my gift. Yes. Here's what, I, here's, what, here's what I've learned about the industry. Um, there's two types of speakers. Speaker A. Let me tell you about all my success. Let me tell you about how smart I am. Uh, yes. And if, if you listen to me, you too could be successful and smart. Yes. yes. Speaker B. Yes. Let me tell you how many times I've effed up in the world. Yes. Let me, how many, let me tell you how many mistakes I've made. Yes. Thank God I've surrounded myself with amazing mentors that have taught me, that have humbled me. Mm. And I've learned so much on my journey. I'd like mm. to share with you some of my mistakes and some of my successes along my humble journey. Mm. Who do you want to listen to? Mm. 100%, 100% all day, all day. <laughs> but, but 90% of the speakers out there are speaker A. Yes. Let me tell you what a hero I am. Let me tell you how smart I am. Let me tell you everything I know. And I'll pass you all my secret sauce. And my, my thing is I get up there saying I barely graduated high school. I'm completely dyslexic. I, I, I've had a tough, humble life with a lot of overcoming, a lot of obstacles. Mm-hmm. But I surrounded myself with unbelievable mentors that have taught me so much about leadership. Mm-hmm. I want to I I tell you about some of these people that changed mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. And, and when you tell stories from a humble place, people listen. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is know your audience. Mm-hmm. When, I walk, when I walk into a company, I know more about that company than 90% of their employees. Mm. I'll study that company. I'll know, not just by reading their website, mm. I'll do phone calls, I'll do interviews. I'll know more and I'll be able to speak their language. Some mm. companies don't call their employees employees. They call them shareholders or partners or teammates. Mm. I'll know their lingo. So mm. everyone in the audience says, holy shit, this guy's done his homework. This mm. guy knows more about our company and he's weaving his own message into our company. That is authentic. That's genuine. I'm going to listen to that first. And it shows you care. Totally. Shows your care. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is when you can go up on stage and just tell stories. I mean, it's amazing. I can get up there for an hour with PowerPoint and graphs and charts and, and all this stuff. And 10 years from now, mm-hmm. 10 days from now, 10 hours from now, they'll forget it all. True. But if you could tell them a story, true. a powerful story, mm-hmm. that, like the story I told about that, that CFO of a company. Powerful that, story. That, die, that watch someone die because they were, you know, they, they were lifeguarding. That's a story that people never forget. Yeah. When you tell stories that are unforgettable and then you weave in messages behind those stories, mm-hmm. then you're a truly an effective, powerful um, speaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my secret sauce. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's, I, I can see you're very right because you have speakers. I could see where they are so afraid to look dumb. Right, they're afraid to yeah. not being seen as smart or professional, yeah. right? And and that's why I think there are a lot of speakers, and, and I've been a speaker for so many years. Uh, there are speakers where they are always very smooth, right? Yeah. They, like they 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 have the right body language. Yeah. They, they you know the the hands are in the pocket, and like you know the whole very proper way of <laughs> presenting, like you know, and every part and everything. But yeah. you, you watch a speaker like that for an hour, you're like. Yeah, I just don't connect with the guy. It's just good. Like yeah. He's doing all the right yeah. thing, but just there's something about him, right? But, but, but another speaker, Dan, can be um, uh, kind of look away, and, and you love them because they're That's human. Good. It's awesome, they're right? Real. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's awesome. And then, and then, yeah, maybe he's not as smooth. I remember one time I was yeah. speaking, and there was a problem with my mic, right? So then most people would get all nervous and stuff like that. So then I'm like, okay, let's come and fix this. Let's fix the mic. We got a problem, right? So as we're fixing, my team is fixing the mic. I'm teaching the lesson based on, hey, mistake, learn from it, own it. It's okay being vulnerable. I just do the whole thing. And people love that part of it. 
right? It just, yeah, it just, things happen, right? It doesn't work. Yeah. In front of all these people, I got, I got to make it work, right? So, so from there, it's okay, right? It's, yeah. I'm not afraid, like I'm failing the first five minutes on stage in front of everybody, but <laughs> that's all part of it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I love it. I love it. So tell me if someone wants to get to know more, like uh, to get a, a touch, in touch with you or to get a uh, hold of your a book, what's the best way sure. to do that? My website is TommySpalding.com, and that's T-O-M-M-Y-S, as in Sam, P as in Paul, A-U-L-D-I-N-G.com. And all my books and my leadership programs for youth, for corporations, we're all in there. Mm, awesome. And I'm going to make sure that I'll put a, a link in, in the show notes as well. Tommy, this sure. has been, been awesome. I'm learning yeah. a lot. Um, and yeah. you, it's, it's not just learning, but it's a uh, comforting. It's reassuring yeah. that. This is, this is awesome. That, that, yeah. That's why my journey. Yeah. Well, Dan, now I know why you're in 187 countries and you got over a million hits on your show. I have really enjoyed our interview and I enjoyed getting to know you and looking forward to spending more time. If you enjoyed the Dan Locke Show, you'll love my new book, Unlock It, The Master Key to Wealth, Success, and Significance, published by Forbes Books. The name of the game is not getting rich, but staying rich. Unlock It will teach you not only how to make money, but most importantly, how to keep it and how to multiply it. Get your copy today. Go to www.unlockitbook.com and that is www.unlockitbook.com and that is www.unlockitbook.com and also when you get your copy today, you'll also get some powerful exclusive bonuses. So again, go to www.unlockitbook.com to get full details. I'm with you in the future. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Thank you so much, Tommy. Appreciate it. It was an honor to be in your show. That's it for today's episode of the Dan Lok Show. Head over to the danlokshow.com and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes. You are guaranteed to expand your thinking, your network, and your network. So be sure to subscribe to the show today. Dan also has a gift for you. Go to www.danlockshow.com because there are bonuses when you subscribe.